and welcome back to Real Talk Sports with Rico. Today, I will be your host. Today's show, we are actually doing a week four NFL preview. As uh, if you're looking at this broadcast right now, some of the games are currently going on. So we'll be talking about that. But I'll also be previewing some of the games that are going to be later in the afternoon going into Monday Night Football. I have some film study as to why the Dolphins have been very successful and why they are off to a 3-0 and start. So I'm very excited about that, guys. The first time I'm actually bringing film via Madden 2024. I'm going to actually be breaking down coverages and uh, a play out of the Dolphins playbook and showing you why they're successful there. I'm also going to be talking about some of the key matchups that are on the schedule today. You know, it's a lot of teams that they're starting off 3-0, whether it's the Dolphins, the Bills, whether it is the uh, Eagles who are coming in 3-0 uh, against Washington, who is a pretty feisty team, talking about possibly an upset alert for the Dallas Cowboys and the New England Patriots. We'll also be talking a little bit about maybe an upset alert with the 49ers against the Arizona Cardinals, which I think is going to be a great game today as well. So before we actually jump into the content, let me first and foremost thank Spotify, which is now Anchor Podcast, uh, for going ahead and being our platform. I want to go ahead and thank the sponsors out there who have put sponsorship on the show and the fans out there who have actually listened and followed our show to help us drive storylines and content to the show. I, I can't wait to bring you guys some more content uh, as the weeks go along. So um, if you're looking for the links to the Spotify, it'll be down in the show notes below. Um, also, too, you can catch us on YouTube, which is Real Talk Sports with Rico. We will be doing some live streams, guys. I've got that in the process of set up here. So you're going to get some exciting content to go. So before we um, – well, actually, that, that takes care of the house cleaning. Let's go ahead and jump right into the content. And let's start off with, um, you know, looking at this, these key matchups here. And let's start off with the Dallas – or excuse me, not Dallas. We'll start off with the Philadelphia Eagles and the Washington uh, Commanders here. So, you know, this is a team that the Eagles are coming in 3-0. and um, Obviously, they're looking to get back to the Super Bowl. This is a team that I actually picked in the NFC East to win it again. I think that they were the best team top to bottom. I've been talking about how they, the rich have gotten richer several times with this team, and it's because defensively they have gotten so much better. A lot of that has come with – uh, a lot of the Georgia Bulldogs that they have actually drafted um, on defense. And then they also, too, um, got, I believe it's uh, the young man that came over from the 49ers as well. They got their defensive linemen, too. So, you know, they just basically updated their front um, defensively. And then surprisingly, their secondary was pretty good last year. It's been struggling this year, I believe, right now going into this current football game. They are actually 30th in the NFL, if I'm not mis mistaken. So, um, But if you're looking at the podcast right now, currently they're at the halftime. Um, actually, Washington is winning this football game 14-7, to uh, courtesy of Sam Howe, who is 12 of 16 with 158 yards. Brian Robinson, the talented running back uh, out of Alabama, eight carries, 17 yards there for Washington. Uh, Terry McLaurin having a good game, four receptions for 58 yards. Remember, I told you uh, just a few moments ago that the Eagles do struggle on the back half as far as defending here. Um, there has been a fumble loss by both uh, players uh, that play running back for Washington, both 
Antonio Gibson and Brian Robinson have both uh, went ahead and fumbled the football. You know, on the other side of the ball with the Eagles right now, Jalen Hurts, 9 of 11, 69 yards. DeAndre Swift has already got a touchdown. He's been one of the hottest players in the NFL, certainly a guy you want to pick up uh, on your fantasy team. A.J. Brown, three receptions, 36 yards um, for him. And then you have Devontae Smith, two receptions for 13 yards. Um, I actually had him having a big day today. So I think that Washington right now, they're winning this football game mainly because they've been able to uh, efficiently stay um, in good down situations, okay? Because last week with Washington, Sam Howell was sacked eight times, okay? So generally when you're sacked a whole bunch of times, and usually that happens on your second and third downs, um, it, it's going to push you back from that down marker. The further back you can get a team from going to that down marker, meaning that, on third down, I'm looking at more like third and 12s, third and 15s, third and 10s, uh, even in some cases, third and 20s. You have a better chance defensively of getting me off the field. And so I think that Washington is doing a terrific job right now in executing there. They're winning the total yard battle in this one, 192 yards to 86 yards. So they're getting a lot of chunk plays at this point in time. Uh, the average per play is breaking down to six yards per play. Uh, versus the Eagles, who are four yards per play. Remember, that's huge because if I'm getting six yards a play, that means that generally if I'm getting if I need 10 yards, that's 12 yards in two plays. That means that Washington is doing everything that they need to do as far as getting up the field and getting into favorable situations. And Sam Howe has been terrific at being a game manager. I think a lot of people were coming into this thing with a lot of a panic attack because he had had the eight sacks and he didn't look very good last week uh, against a tough Bills team. And I had told you guys, I knew that this was going to be a test for Washington against the Bills. This is another opportunity for them to step up against an elite football team and prove that they are for real. Right now they're doing so as they have just got a field goal. Actually, it's not halftime. It's a minute 39 left in this game. And Washington has just got a field goal and they're getting ready to kick the ball back off to the Eagles. So, you know, terrific there for Washington. They've only allowed two sacks. So is Philadelphia. The third down efficiency has been pretty good for Philly. Um, they're right around 50%, but they just continue to keep stalling out on some drives. And the one thing that I love about Washington right now is they've been the better disciplined team. They only have two penalties compared to Philadelphia's six. And then also, too, the time of possession. Washington is winning that 17 to 11 uh, minutes, that is. So that means that Washington is keeping that potent offense off the field. I have told people a lot of times that if you're playing against a potent offense, a la uh, the Philadelphia Eagles or the Kansas City Chiefs, the one thing that you want to do uh, to help your defense is you want to keep their defense on the field and you want to keep the opposing offense off the field. So Washington is doing a good job of that. And not only are they keeping them off the field, they're also converting and they're scoring which is going to put a little bit more pressure on that offense when they do go on the field, which means that Philadelphia could be pressing, which means that Philadelphia could possibly uh, get schemed into the mis mistakes that way as well. So, you know, kudos to Washington. I feel like that this is a key matchup for both teams. I have them up there for the matchup of the week because for two different reasons, the Philadelphia Eagles want to prove uh, to themselves that, you know, they are on the Super Bowl hunt 
uh, once more and they feel like they can get back here and they can solidify themselves uh, and get their Super Bowl ring. Washington has got a ton of new energy over there. They've got a new management group. Uh, they have a new quarterback in Sam Howell who they've actually drafted. I told you about the failures that they've had trying to draft a franchise quarterback or really keep one. This is the first time in some time that they haven't done um, a patchwork job where they've either gone out and gotten um, a Mark Brunel back in the day. They got Alex Smith. They got um, uh, Fitz, Fitz Magic. So Fitzpatrick came over there as well. So Washington has been notorious on going out there and getting quarterbacks that have been veterans and they haven't really invested in themselves in the draft and got a quarterback. So this is the first time that, you know, you've seen this in a long time where they've had a drafted quarterback out there. And I think the last drafted quarterback to actually do well for Washington was Kirk Cousins. Um, so that's one matchup of the week that we definitely wanted to talk about. The next one uh, is going to be the Miami Dolphins and the Buffalo Bills. And I've actually got some film study to go along with that. So I'm so excited about that. Um, so everybody was really wondering about the Buffalo Bills because they're saying, man, you know, they took a, a tough loss against the Jets. And it was tough because Aaron Rodgers went down. I think that if Aaron Rodgers were in that game, had he beaten the Bills, I don't think that the Bills would have taken that much heat. The fact that Zach Wilson was able to come in there uh, and Brees Hall coming off the knee injury have such success against a Bills unit that was pretty stellar, actually, defensively. You saw that last week against the Washington Commanders um, was a shocking for them. And so they have really been on the reel. They have won two straight. Now they're going into a tough game here at home against the Miami Dolphins, who have just set history last week against the Denver Broncos. And might I add that I think that, and I'll talk about this, I think that the Denver Broncos literally have a target on their back because of Sean Payton. I think that a lot of the things that Sean Payton said on air um, as an analyst about some coaches and teams, I think some teams have taken that personal. And I think teams have really tried to take it to the Denver Broncos lately. And that's why it's, it's been a tough 0-3 uh, start for them. I mean, it is the NFL. You can win on any given week. But I think you don't want to give people bulletin board material and extra motivation. So that's my thought on them. We'll be talking about them here in a moment. But you're wondering here with the Miami Dolphins how they're going to continue the success. I've said in, in the long term they're going to have to have a healthy Tua in order for them to be successful. Uh, this is a contract year for Tua. I believe he is running at the end of his rookie deal. Um, I did speak to somebody about this, and I think that this is some extra motivation. Right now, if you are looking at this football game, the Bills are actually up in this one, 28 uh, to 14 here. I believe that the Bills actually just scored. Uh, it is 258 to go here in the second quarter. And right now, um, Buffalo's put up 14 in the second. They have also put up 14 in the first. It's only been seven for the Miami Dolphins in the first and second quarter. Obviously, if they scored 70 points last week, uh, we could assume that they can put points up in a hurry here. But Buffalo taking care of business right now uh, as they are getting a lot of the chunk plays and things like that. So statistically right now in this one, looking at the Dolphins, uh, Raheem Mozart, two rushes, three yards. 
Uh, Devon Aiken, three carries, 16 yards. This was a guy that I was huge on um, out of Texas A&M. I raved about his speed. I thought that this guy reminds me a lot of like a Marshall Falk or um, a lot of like an Austin Eckler, but a lot bigger, more physical. Um, I definitely see him being an RB1. It looks like he's in RB1 territory right now. They're using him a little bit more than Raheem Mozart. Um, right now, Tua, 12 of 15, 139 yards. He doesn't have a touchdown. He doesn't have an INT. Uh, Tariq Hill, who has literally been setting the league on fire lately, uh, just two receptions, 39 yards. Um, Raheem Mozart, two receptions, 27 yards. And a shocking to me, Jalen Waddle, only one reception, 11 yards, and only one target. Um, I'm going to talk about him in the film study. There has been a fumble by Raheem Mozart and a fumble by Tua as well. Neither of those have been lost. But uh, again, what am I talking about here? Whenever you're you're uh, knocking the football loose, whenever you're getting sacks and things like that, you're pushing teams back from that, that marker. The harder it is for them to convert on third downs, the better off your team has in success overall. So it looks like the Bills are doing a terrific job as far as generating pressure and really keeping uh, Tariq Hill and Jalen Waddle at bay, which is what the Bills wanted to do. And I'm going to show you some of the coverages that they like to play mainly. Um, on the other side of this thing, Josh Allen, three touchdowns. He's 14 of 16. He has 201 yards. Latavius Murray, I talked about him in the preview show uh, for the season. I thought that he could be RB1. Uh, right now he has 34 yards. James Cook has their lone touchdown with 24 yards. Um, Stefan Diggs, you know, is a guy that he is the guy there. Five receptions, 107 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, on six targets. So it looks like he's only missed a one target and I'm not sure how he gets loose out of all the wide receivers that the bills have. You have to keep a hand on this guy. Um, as far as fumbles uh, being lost or anything like that, it doesn't look like there's been really any turnovers thus far that I see here in the stats. So um, the bills doing a good job and really letting their offense kind of rev up. Uh, I think that, their offense mimics the Bills a lot. Um, yes, they don't have necessarily the, the Jalen Waddle effect. They do have Gabe Davis, but the Bills and Dolphins are very similar in the way that they their, their style of offense. Um, the quarterback is a little bit more dynamic, I'd say, for the Bills because Josh Allen kind of serves a bit more as a running back. Tua can use his legs. Um, not better served using those legs because I think he kind of gets into some trouble. Uh, a lot of the injuries and things like that have kind of been where he's been in the pocket trying to scramble around. Um, and those have kind of led to some injuries. Uh, you know, Josh Allen is a little bit more verse as far as getting out of the pocket, getting down and really picking up good yards. The one thing he does well, too, is he, he throws a good fake on the run, too, as well, to get defenders kind of leaping to create some angles. Um, but. Anyhow, uh, you know, I thought that this is going to be more of a huger game for uh, the Dolphins than it is for the Bills, even though I think the Bills need this one for their confidence after that week one. Uh, I think it would bode well for them to get to three and one. And I think for the Dolphins, if they're able to get to four and oh, this would be huge for uh, for the actual Dolphins here. As I'm going to give you a quick update, it looks like that the Bills have just uh, forced a fumble here and it is recovered and it looks like that the 
Bills are now at the Miami 31. So they're on the march here. And it looks like right now they have 213 to go here in the second quarter. So they've got a ton of time and they're in business and getting ready to possibly put up some more points on the Dolphins. So um, let's go to the film study. Let's talk about why the Dolphins have been successful. And then I'm going to probably show you why maybe the Bills are being successful right now in this game. So via Madden 2024, I'm actually going to throw up some gameplay here. And this is actually showing you uh, some of the things that the Dolphins like to run and some of the things that the Bills like to run here. So um, if you're looking at the screen right now, um, and I'm going to go to a full screen here for you guys. So you're looking here at uh, a single back uh, set here for the Dolphins. You're looking at basically they have four receivers. You're seeing uh, two over here to the right, two over here to the left. And notice that you have a Tariq Hill to the left. You have Jalen Waddle over here to the right. Um, you also have um, the the Bills here who are actually into a four-man front. They've got their corners and linebackers up, and they only have one safety back here on the back line, which indicates that what they're running here is a cover one. Okay, so it's a cover one against a essentially a four-wide receiver set. So we're looking at Tua right now. He's obviously got to see this right now. He's, he's a safety right here, Micah Hyde at the top, which is always going to indicate that you're into a cover one. And this is what it looks like from the back line, okay? So your safety is in a tough situation because he's going to have to make a decision here. And like I said, you know, you got two of the, the more talented wide receivers and one of the most potent offenses in NFL history on the field right now, right? All right, so let's roll the film a little bit more here. So we got the play snap, and it looks like that the Dolphins are coming with a play fake. So in this situation, this is a lot of what uh, the Dolphins like to do is run play fakes. This is what the 49ers did. Remember the coach that came over to the Dolphins. Uh, this is a lot of the schemes that the 49ers run. So the first thing they do is they run this play fake. They've got Tariq Hill getting up on top of the corner. Look at the linebackers here inside. All right. So with that play fake, you're holding one. You got one pointing here. That gives Tua just enough time to let these guys get down the field. It was a clean release for Tariq Hill, who's now he's he was streaking in the middle of the field. It looks like he's turning for a deep end. All right, because he's held that linebacker just enough, there is a little bit of a window, but it looks like the linebacker has recovered and he's kind of in that window. Now you have uh, you have Waddle here on the right side who looks like he's starting to run an end. He's already beat the corner off the line, all right? And then you have Micah Hyde, and essentially he's got Tariq Hill running at him and he's got Jalen Waddle here. So he's got to make a decision. All right. He's already been a little frozen with the play fake. And then he shows he sees this. You see Tariq Hill kind of break in linebacker recovers for the Buffalo Bills. Now, because that corner was not able to put any pressure onto Jalen Waddle, he got a free release. He's coming in the middle of the field. Look how he holds the corner on his back hip right here. Right. He's running directly at the safety and then he breaks off of this. Right. The safety is so deep back. He's already been caught with the play fake. He's thinking, is Tariq Hill going to hit me? He's not. Then you see two and what he's seeing. He's got a clean pocket. Von Miller and these guys are able to get a pressure. Clean release from Tua down the field. He's got a clean window to get this thing. You see Von Miller coming into the play a little bit late, right? So this is what it looks like if you don't get enough pressure because one of the best things to help your secondary is to get good pressure up front. 
The Bills don't get that. You hit Jalen Waddle here. Huge play right there. And look at that. He's running freely. He's got some yak yards after the catch. The safety is late getting over there. And this is one play and one instance in why Miami has been so good. Because Raheem Mozart and um, Aiken have been so good in the, the running game, it has actually opened up the play fake. You're also seeing that generally the Bills and Coach McDermott, what they like to do is they like to run a lot of press coverage, okay? He's a defensive-minded coach. He believes in Micah Hyde. He believes in his uh, Coleco, uh, the, the linebacker there. He believes a lot in Von Miller and these guys to create pressure. And I just told you that the Bills recovered a fumble. How did they recover the fumble? They're generating a lot of pressure up front. Your best asset to your secondary is to generate pressure up front. That's something that Michael Strahan talked about on the NFL Fox preview show. And just to relay this too as well, it looks like the Bills have actually scored another uh, touchdown here. As it is now 30, 30, 31 to uh, 14 with a minute 39 here. So uh, the Bills are into some good business here as they are actually just kicking a field goal. Oh, excuse me. It's a 53-yard field goal. I'm sorry, not a touchdown. 53-yard field goal. Sorry about that, guys. 53-yard field goal that actually was cashed in by the Bills. So they were actually able to keep the Bills out of the end zone through the Dolphins. But the field goal attempt is good. So it's 31-14 with a minute 39. Still a lot to left here in the second quarter going into the half. But uh, going back to it, though, yeah, Matt Milano. These guys like that have been able to generate pressure. And he's actually got – a forced fumble today. Speaking of him, um, you know, they've got your Davius white out here um, as well, you know, with the pass deflections on the back end. So the bills play a lot of physicality football uh, on that side of the ball. And I just showed you an instance where the dolphins can win. I'm going to show you another instance here where if the dolphins want to come back, these are some of the things that they're going to have to do uh, against some of that tough coverage. So now I'm going to add another play here. We're going to go back to it. This is this, kind of the same formation in the sense that you have the single back, you have the two wide receivers split out here. You'll notice that you actually have Waddle a little bit more up on the line um, and you have your tight end here. He's a little bit back off the line. Um, so it's a little bit different, but it's still a four wide receiver set. This particular situation is a third and six. Uh, the Dolphins are going to need to convert here. They're going against that Four-man front, it is a cover one. You're going to notice Micah Hyde here on the back line. Let me show you what they do here. So this is not going to be a play fake in this sense. They're going to run a drag route to get Waddle, and you're going to see what the effect has been with Tyreek Hill and what he does because he's been so explosive going down the field. All right, so we're looking at the same set, all right? And so I'm going to speed it ahead here. So you're seeing the linebackers. You see the cornerbacks. You see everybody up. On the line of scrimmage, again, once again, you have Micah Hyde back there on an island. So here we go, uh, running this play, a little bit more slow developing. And so, you know, Tua has to see these kind of things going into this. You know that if you're the Bills, the one thing you've got to do is you've got to generate pressure up front. You've got to get into Tua's face. you got to make him uncomfortable, which is what they're doing here in real life right now. So Tua's going back. Uh, immediately you see Raheem Mozart starting to go off to the right. He's actually running a route uh, into the route tree. There's no play fake. And now you're looking over here at what he's seeing. All right. So 
on to his left side, if he's dropping back because he's left-handed, you're going to see that he has Tariq Hill right there. He's starting to run up on the corner. He's also got the tight end running up on the corner. So initially it looks like they're running two verticals at me. All right. And so Waddle's on the other side of the field. Now, what's happening here as you're seeing this, look at all that space that's been cleared out now because Tariq Hill and you have your tight end pushing this middle linebacker or additional slot corner out of the way. Now, that leaves Jalen Waddle all alone to come over the middle of the field here on this drag route. So he's able to push up and then across. And that really kind of gets you a lot of the, the trash out of the way when you run Tariq Hill at you. Now, look at what he does to Micah Hyde. There isn't a play fake, and because of this, the last play you saw Micah Hyde kind of come up a little bit. This time you see Hyde kind of sit down a little bit. He's thinking, okay, Tariq Hill is running a vertical at me. We have to be there for that. But he breaks off this, okay? So he's breaking off this, and because he's kind of frozen me because I'm thinking it's going to be a vertical, now you have Tariq Hill who has a corner route, and he's looking like he has a matchup of a one-on-one right here on the corner. You're looking at a third and six, so you have two options. You can wait and you can go deep down the field for all the money and take a high-risk, uh, you know, reward play going to Tariq Hill, or you can get your first down with this check down for Jalen Waddle, who you know has excellent speed, your former college teammate, and that's – look at all this open space. You hit him. He's already got a step on the, the corner, right? And this is how Jalen Waddle is able to work with Tariq Hill – he, even though he has one-on-one -on -one coverage, he's winning there. Micah Hyde had to make a decision. Either he's going to go topside or here. By this time, he's already beaten because he's had to stay flat foot with all that speed up there. And this is one of the ways the Dolphins beat you too as well. It's a lot of the things that you see in the NFL is schemes. And you're seeing right there what a scheme does and why it's essential to have playmakers you see what Tariq Hill and that speed does. I told you he's been on a tear as of late in the NFL. And a lot of the chunk plays he's been getting. Uh, so you have to assume that the Bills would want to take that away, which they're doing there. But there's other weapons on the field, mainly Jalen Waddle, which is why I'm shocked that he only has one reception here. So, you know, I think that what you're seeing is that the Bills are doing a great job. And staying up on them, they're probably running a little bit more uh, press and rubs at the top of the route there, which is kind of throwing off the timing there, which I think is one of the things that the Bills could have done in this particular situation to probably uh, break up that play or make it a little bit tougher so that their defensive front can get in there. And then also, too, you're giving yourself a, a chance on the back end to possibly get a good deflection or an interception, one or the other. Um, so these are two ways that the Dolphins have been able to run it up and get 70, po 70 points plus on people. And so that's just breaking down some of the films, guys. I hope you like that. We'll bring some of that back, and hopefully it'll be a little bit more cleaner, uh, a little bit more crisper, guys. But that was courtesy of some Madden 2024 gameplay. I wanted to show you exactly how Tua and the Dolphins have been scoring so many points. Next up, another matchup that I want to take a look at uh, this evening is going to be the San Francisco 49ers and the Arizona Cardinals. I think that the Arizona Cardinals have a legit chance in winning this football game. They had a chance to beat the Giants, and the Giants were able to come back into that game and somehow get the comeback and win. Dallas, not so fortunate. Arizona was a team that I thought was literally going to pack it in. I, I seriously thought that Arizona was going to pack it in. 
And Arizona is not packing it in. At this point in time, Arizona is probably one of the more physical football teams that I've seen, which fits perfectly with the NFC West. I think this is why they have been so uh, successful, I think, over the years when they've made their runs is because of the physicality. You know, they had Watts. And what's more impressive about that is no J.J. Watts, uh, no Buda Baker, no Patrick Peterson. And this team is playing well on defense. Like, I'm not sure if I know too many players that actually play for them on defense. And Joshua Dobbs has been incredible as far as being a game manager. James, uh, yeah, James Conner has has looked terrific um, as far as running the football. I, I mentioned that he's looked a lot like he was when he was with Pittsburgh, being an all-pro runner there. Um, and, and Marquise Hollywood-Brown, uh, I, I want to say that I think that he's been – he's a lot better than the credit that I think a lot of people gave him. Like, I don't know if that, which is what scares me about the Ravens. Like, I don't know if they use wide receivers correctly or what, but he's looked really good in this offense because he's been featured. And I'm not, I mean, he was the featured guy with the Ravens, but man, he's looked great. I mean, he's looked really good. And I was wondering, I mean, he had the injuries last year. He was having a good year, but He's looked really good. Uh, Deroich and those guys have looked good. I think that they're going to put a lot of pressure onto the 49ers back in. Um, and I think that they're going to keep Fred Warner and these guys uh, really guessing a lot of the afternoon here. So I, I think that this is going to be um, a terrific football game. I think that this is possibly one that could be in upset, uh, upset alert. Um, I think that you know, the one thing that the 49ers are going to have to do is they're going to have to run the football. And I think that this is the first time that they're going to face a team that has absolute physicality to match that uh, power running style that they're going to come with, with Elijah Mitchell, who I think is questionable going into this thing and uh, McCaffrey as well. So, you know, you've got uh, Christian McCaffrey, you've got um, Elijah Mitchell, um, you've also got Purdy that sometimes runs the football, and then you'll have Debo Samuel, uh, who, who serves a little bit as a halfback as well. But he is coming into this thing nicked up, uh, banged up a little bit uh, with the ribs and the knees. So uh, the 49ers like to run the ball. Arizona is a very physical team that likes to impose its will on you physically. So um, I, I, I have big questions about this one. Like, I think that this is upset, upset, upset alert. I can't speak. I think that this is maybe a game where the 49ers uh, go down in this one and possibly Arizona pushes to two and two for the record. Um, so then lastly, let's look over here at uh, another upset alert. And that is the possibility that I feel like the New England Patriots, they might have a chance against the Dallas Cowboys. Um, you know, I, I this is at Dallas. Um, so that is going to help the Dallas Cowboys. But Dallas has been a team where when the pressure is on, and I talked about it before, when they're supposed to go, um, you know, up, you know, they usually pretty much go down. Uh, they usually go south. So when they're supposed to go north, uh, they usually end up, you know, just going backwards and going, going the opposite way. And I think it mainly comes down to the fact that whenever you put a lot of pressure on the Cowboys, like whenever the Cowboys have to win a game, um, they're just not able to respond. And I, this is going to be huge. Um, I think that the Patriots are playing with house money. This is, again, another defense that has been top. I think they're top 
10 statistically in the run and pass, if I'm not mistaken. And Judon has done a terrific job. I think that their corner play has been excellent with Gonzalez, who they got over. Like he is every bit of a uh, Bill Belichick player. Like he is the the Stephen Gilmore, uh, Ashanti Samuels, like this guy, uh, Daryl Revis, like this guy is a shut down corner. He has gone against Garrett Wilson. He's gone against CeeDee Lamb. Um, and he's, he's gone against some tough, like two other wide receivers, but in four weeks, he has given up one touchdown and I think like 15 catches, like 15 catches and one touchdown as a rookie. That's tough. Like, man, that is really, really good defense on the back end. And you've got to think as a new England fan, if you can get any offense whatsoever, like any offense whatsoever uh, from Mac Jones, you have to believe that that the the Patriots can really be on to something. You have to believe that there's a real possibility um, that, you know, New England could really make some noise in this division. And it's funny because I think that New England, when I look at this thing now, with the way that they've been out there defensively, they're starting to remind me a lot of what the Jets are, right? The Jets have been predominantly strong on the defensive end, but they have been waiting for their offense to come up big. And I have said that Mac Jones, I don't think is the guy. I've said that I think New England probably should go out and get, uh, have gotten a Trey Lance. Like I think that that would have been a terrific fit and an experiment, I think, for New England. And I just think that, you know, New England has to really look at this thing as a whole and figure out what they're going to do because they're not winning in the third and sixes. They're not winning in the third and fives or the third and fours. Like they're playing mistake-free football. They're doing that, but they are not winning as far as going out here and uh, converting. And that's what Tom Brady was able to do. Tom Brady was able to keep you on the field and really grind you out to go along with that good defense. Mac Jones, for whatever, um, whatever, whatever is going on, you know, he just hasn't been able to stretch the field. And that's my biggest thing with him. He hasn't stretched the field. Now, to his credit, he doesn't have a wide receiver to really throw to like a wide receiver. One has been out of the question for Mac Jones since he's been in the league. You know, I think his best wide receiver one or best uh, his, his best playmaker is probably going to be Ramade Stevenson. They have brought Ezekiel Elliott over there to um, kind of mitigate and take a little bit of pressure off going downfield and hoping to make those um, short yardage situations a little bit shorter but I, I'm not sure if that's necessarily going to help. And, you know, also, too, I was going to throw in there, too, with Gonzalez. He's been able to shut down A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith, too, because they lost to Philadelphia as well. So that, that's where that statistic comes with the 15 catches and the one touchdown. But New England can win this game today. I think it's going to come down to can Mac Jones stretch this field? Can Juju Smith-Schuster make enough plays? Can Ramade Stevenson keep the New England Patriots in manageable situations. Is he going to be that Austin Exler, um, Marshall Falk X factor where he's catching the ball, he's running the football for, for yards, and he's gashing the Cowboys? This is going to be a tough defense. 
And I question is, or I question, can they keep their quarterback upright with all the pressure that they are going to face with Micah Parsons and company? You have Diggs on the back line as well, one of the better corners. You have Stephen Gilmore over there playing corner. You also have Ezekiel Elliott coming in with the Patriots. So in a lot of ways, I think that this game is going to be nasty. I think it's going to be physical. And remember, the Cowboys lost a physical game against the Cardinals last week uh, with Dallas. The one thing that they're going to have to do is they're going to have to get nasty. I think that they're going to have to get in the mud, so to speak. Uh, you've heard that term before, which means you're going to have to really dig it out. You're going to have to get the dog in you and the grind in you. You're not going to be able to finesse this football game. And that means that they're going to have to run Tony Pollard. He's going to have to be very effective. I think that they're going to have to, um, minimize the amount of pressure that they're going to have to put on Dak Prescott. I feel like if Dak has to throw the football 30 to 40 times in this one, New England's going to win this football game because their secondary is elite. And I don't think that you're going, that's winning formula. I've never liked teams that go out there and throw it 40, 50, 60 times uh, other than the, the chiefs. I, I, it works for them, you know, because a lot of the stuff that they're throwing are screens and stuff like that, which are actually extensions of the run. That's not Dallas's offense. They don't run a lot of screens and things like that. They run a lot of stuff where they're trying to get it downfield uh, to CeeDee Lamb, uh, who has been proven as a number one. But besides him, Dallas is very unproven uh, with Gallup and those guys like that. Like, I don't like the, the wide receiver depth in this one. So if they have to get into something where they need to score points through the air, um, you know, I, I like – I like New England in this one. So I think that this is upset, or upset alert. I cannot get that out today. Um, so with that being said, guys, uh, that really, for the most part, uh, is today's show. Guys, we covered why the Dolphins have been good. Um, we're talking about the week four preview matchups of some of the games that you're going to watch later on here. And um, we have actually gone over a little bit of the scores here. So quickly before I get off the podcast, I just want to update you here. The Bills are winning the football game 31 to 14, a late field goal going in the half for the Bills. Uh, the, the Bills are all over the Dolphins. Then uh, the Panthers right now on the Vikings. And so two teams in Windless Island were the Bears or four teams in the Windless Island. Uh, with the Bears, Broncos, Panthers, and Vikings. And somebody was going to give up their O today. And who is it going to be? I thought it was going to be the Vikings. Right now, it's surprising to me with a banged-up Bryce Young that they're winning 13-7. Uh, to This has really been a disappointing year for the Vikings. And there has been talk that they may trade Kirk Cousins. Not sure where he would go. Uh, but, uh, hey, maybe New England. That would be a perfect fit if uh, there is a trade. Now, 13-7 uh, to seven for the Panthers currently. They're winning that football game. And then the Bears are all over the Broncos, 21-7. to seven. Uh, Looks like that they are actually getting ready to get off Windless Island as well. That is 6.51 to go in the third quarter and 9.45 to go in the Vikings and Panthers game. So, wow, the offense is uh, appearing for the Bears. It, it has been terrible. You know, there was talk, I think, on the uh, NFL on Fox Network today, and they were asking, you know, what hope could you possibly give the Bears? And somebody said, well, you know, the best hope is that they go ahead, tank, tank, tank the rest of the games. They get Coach Riley to come over from USC and they get Caleb Williams. And I was like, wow, 
they they just want to give up on Justin Fields like that. And I've been a, a firm believer. I believe in Justin Fields. I think that it's going to come down to just getting him uh, some more wide receiver help. I think one of the bigger storylines coming out of this thing is that uh, they actually have uh, Chase Claypool sitting uh, today. It's a healthy scratch. It looks like that he may be traded. He had said earlier in the week that they weren't using him properly, which I thought was an interesting story. So it just seems like there's a lot of uh, dissension and a lot of, uh, you know, just they're not all together in that organization. So I don't know what it is with the Bears. I can't really place my finger on it, but it is something dysfunctional about that. Um, And so moving forward, some of the scores, the Ravens all over the Browns, 21 to three. Um, If you've been following kind of the news there, Deshaun Watson was out with the shoulder injury. um, And I thought that, you know, during, um, I think, is it during Finley Smith? Let me take a look here. Uh, The quarterback here for, the Browns, I thought that he would actually be uh, a big factor for them. Yeah, Dorian Thompson Robinson, sorry. So Dorian Thompson Robinson, I'm thinking Smith, I'm thinking basketball. But uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson out of UCLA, I thought he was going to have a big uh, day today. Um, I had raved about him coming out of the preseason camp. I thought that he would possibly win the starting job at some point. But looks like the Ravens defense has been all over him. I think he's got 64 yards total in this one. So, and an INT. So, as expected as a rookie, it's a little bit tough. But the Ravens uh, on their way here to uh, three and one. The uh, Browns here looking to fall back to two and two. And they've had like a tough week of injuries, man. I think uh, Nagoku, yeah, the the tight end there, he actually, uh, it looks like reportedly he had burns on his hand and his face. Uh, but he was questionable, but he's actually playing today. He came in with a, a mask on his face. So, um, you know, prayers and thoughts go out to him, but he's, he's playing today. So uh, another update, too, is the Texans and Steelers. The Texans, I don't know how this is happening, but they are all over the Steelers, 16-0, 10-55 to go uh, in the third quarter, although the Steelers are in the red zone right now. It looks like, oh, they just hit a field goal, so it's 16-3. to Still a lot of time in this one, but, uh, man, I I mean, C.J. Stroud. I I talked about C.J. Stroud last week. I said that maybe C.J. Stroud was was the best quarterback in this draft. He's 10 of 20 right now, 179 yards, one touchdown. Um, Man, I'm trying to think of what he kind of reminds me of. He has, like, a lot of composure. Like, he has kind of a lot of what Russell Wilson had or – another player in that division that had some success as a rookie was Andrew Luck. That's kind of what uh, Andrew Luck and then Luck, but um, the kind of success that Andrew Luck had as a rookie with the composure and poise, you knew he was going to be good. CJ Stroud is, is showing that same type of composure. I love the fact that they had already built a pretty good running game already with Damon Pierce. Remember him coming out of Florida, physical runner, Right now, he's got 14 carries, 61 yards, looking real good. And then I love the fact that Stroud uses his legs sparingly. He's got three carries, 15 yards. Tank Dell, two carries, 13 yards. Uh, I think Tank Dell is a, a guy that is poised to be very good, along with Nico Collins, four receptions, 78 yards, and a touchdown. So, listen, man, this team is doing well. Um, they're going down the field. They're showing a ton of confidence. 
you knew that this was going to happen with Coach Ryan's coming over here from the 49ers. I'm really impressed with him. I'm hoping that he has success. Uh, I think that he definitely should have been a head coach in this league a long time ago, much like uh, Coach Bieniemy, uh, who's over in Washington, who's doing great things, right? This is the first time that I've actually seen the offense look this good uh, in quite some time since the Shanahan's have been there. So uh, kudos to Bieniemy, man. Like, I hope that at some point he gets to be a head coach. Uh, but going back to this game and not to shift uh, topics, but Houston all over the total yards at 271 to 111. Um, passing yards, 179 to 39 yards, which Kenny Pickett uh, has struggled. I think he was a guy, if you're looking at fantasy football, they said to sit. Um, Houston's got 92 yards running the football. Um, Pittsburgh struggles with that offensive line. They have 72. No fumbles lost. Um, there has been a 37 to 33 third down efficiency uh, between the two teams. So that means Pittsburgh's been converted just a slightly a little bit more. Uh, to Houston, but that's why this game has kind of been going quickly because uh, it's been a lot of long drives that either have not been sustained by Pittsburgh and then it's turned into some long drives for the Houston Texans who have they been going down and taking care of business. Um, as far as the discipline is concerned, uh, you're looking at the penalties, five for Houston, two for Pittsburgh. Time of possession is going to Houston in this one, 18 to 16. So just like I said, both teams have been really kind of digging into the time of possession. So this is going to be one of those things where you're hoping that uh, you don't run out of time. If you're Pittsburgh, you're going to need all the time you can get. Um, so with that being said, guys, uh, 28 to seven bears just dropped another one on the Broncos, man, it is four eleven to go in the third quarter. I I'm thinking they might put up a 40 or 50 piece. They might put up a 40 or 50 piece guys. Um, so with that being said, that is today's um, preview show. I wanted to give you something there. We do have some more content coming up. Um, I'm going to actually jump into the trade that took place between the Portland Trailblazers, the Phoenix Suns, um, and the Milwaukee Bucks. I'm going to be talking about who won that trade, uh, why it was good for certain teams, what to look for going into the NBA season as those camps are actually getting ready to conclude here shortly as we're getting ready to push into October. Remember, the season starts here. Uh, shortly, uh, I'm kind of questioning if I'm going to renew some some season tickets for myself, but uh, we'll see about that. But with that being said, guys, man, let me thank the sponsors out there for putting some sponsorship on the show. Let me go ahead and thank um, the fans out there who have actually listened to us on a week to week basis and help us, uh, you know, kind of, uh, you know, chirp on about these topics. And I just want to go ahead and once more thank uh, Anchor and Spotify for being our platform for the podcast. And you can catch us on to uh, YouTube as well. Um, we are at Real Talk Sports with Rico. You can catch that, uh, all the links here in the show notes. And so for myself, this is Rico, Real Talk Sports. I got a lot of content coming to you guys here within the next couple of days. I love you guys out there. I'll see you guys on the next one. And I am saying peace. Peace out, guys. I'll see you. Enjoy the game.